I remember I had started at this school and I got arrested before we even started classes. And so I'm thinking in my head, like, are you kidding me? Because that was like my fourth school and I'm like in fourth place that I had moved to, hoping to like start fresh. Here I am in the same, like same spot all over again and school hasn't even started. And I remember there was like, they had put it in in like the student newspaper, like it was crazy. Like I had like smacked a cop on the ass. I ran away. Hello, welcome to another episode of Bunny Hugs and Mental Health, a free safe space for people to share and learn from others' experiences with mental health and addictions. I'm Todd Rennebaum, suicide attempt survivor and recovering substance abuser. How are you today? I hope you're well. I, I had a bit of a struggling week. I forgot to take my meds one day, and, and usually when I forget to take my meds, I'll, I'll remember at some point in the day because I start to feel wonky. So then I take them late and it doesn't make me feel good. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm just going to try to not take them at all and just take them the next day, see what happens. I've been on meds for 10, 20 years or something. And uh, I, I uh, turns out it, it feels terrible. It feels terrible. <laughs> so as bad as it feels to take them late, it feels way better to do that than just missing them all together. So lesson learned. But anyway, that's not why you're here. This week is an amazing episode. It is with my favorite all-time Survivor contestant. And don't worry, we we don't talk much about the show, but uh, her name is Carolyn Weger, and uh, she's also an addictions counselor and uh, just a really cool lady. So we talk about her time as an addictions counselor and her time in addiction and, you know, her experience with ADHD growing up with that and stuff. So... Um, yeah, it's just in a, she's just incredible. There's also some more incredible episodes coming up in the future, so don't miss those. There's that Mental Health Headline Hot Takes with Nick and Todd come out every Thursday. That's Nick Thompson, and he is the host of his podcast, Eyes Wide Open, and he was on Love is Blind and just a super cool lovely man as well i've also got merch uh, i've got a wonderful merch store now it's in the show notes so you can just follow that link and there's i think 60 or 70 different designs now because i'm a bit of a freak that way <laughs> i like designing stuff and making shirts so uh there's something for everybody and it's not just shirts i mean there's mugs and pins and stickers and magnets and whatever you want so there's all that stuff thank you for everyone that's been buying that stuff by the way uh, it is so very much appreciated. And also thank you for everybody that has been buying me coffee on the Buy Me Coffee app or link or whatever it is, uh, which is also in the show notes. So if, if you're enjoying the podcast and you, you want to throw a coffee my way, I would gladly have a coffee. So thank you so much for everybody doing that. And thank you, Carolyn, for speaking with me. So, uh, you know, without further ado, by the way, if you hear some weird noises in the background, and her mentioning Jerry, it, it's her dog. Her dog is like chewing and licking and doing stuff. So that's what that noise is. Okay, seriously, this time, without further ado, I give you Carolyn Weger. Okay, well, I want to pump your tires first. Uh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I've watched Survivor since it started and, um, yeah, it's just nice having someone that represents someone that is a lot like me, like in recovery. I was just recently diagnosed with ADHD, uh, is very emotional, but also 
doesn't let their emotions, you know, you make, you made clear decisions. Like you were, you know, people were thought you were a loose cannon because you were emotional, but you know, you're just emotional. And then you thought about it and you made exactly nice decisions. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this woman is me. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, no, thank you. Um, I also, I'm a real big smart ass and, <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I love some of my favorite moments of you on the show was like when you went and you're like going to vote and you're like, where the hell's the pen? And right. you're like looking at all of the, that is so me. I'm just like, what the, how do well, I do and I'm this? not going to hold the- it in. Cause it's like, it's so, that's the thing. Like when you're out there, it's, it's just, it is confusing as hell in my brain. The way, like, sorry, I'm sprinting. My dog's got to stop it. Okay, quit. I, my the way my brain works like we'll go through the challenges okay and you don't see this on tv like they'll show like a little rundown but jeff will mm. go through these like a few different times and i would always have questions and i would be like <laughs> whoa and i would touch things and like you're not supposed to so you'd be like no no don't because of like fairness you're not supposed to he wants every every little like challenge area to be the same for so it's fair and so if I'm right. messing it up, so he'd be like, no, don't touch that. And it was like, ah! because <laughs> it, I, and I'm not kidding you. He would go through it a million times. And then I would be asking questions like to Carson or whoever, like, is this how you do it? Is this like, I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't, oh, I did, couldn't process it. My, the way my brain works, it takes me a long time. School was very hard for me. College was, I failed math four times in college. I had to switch my major completely. My brain just doesn't work like that. So I, it's not even about like, oh, I'm so scared and I'm nervous. I didn't, uh, of course you're nervous. I was nervous out there. I didn't ever understand what was going on. Like I felt like the puzzles, you know, people will say, you know, and dig deep and keep trying. I was honestly like, can somebody else win so we can put me out of my misery when I couldn't figure the <laughs> knots out? I was just like, oh my gosh, can this end? It was it was brutal, but my brain never understood. And it's just the truth. Puzzles, I can't do them. It's not hmm. like, oh, I didn't. Well, Carolyn, you should have practiced. I did. I My brain can't grasp that stuff. I can't. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Watching that, I was like, well, I mean, a lot of it we didn't see, but I'm the exact same way. I'm pretty good at puzzles and stuff, but it's other things like giving me instructions. Like I'm like, okay, so what? So do I start swimming or running? Like I, what, yep. what do we do? What do we do? I jump now? Do I jump now? I like, need I, help throughout <laughs> the whole thing. I need to be like somebody telling me. It's just the truth. It is. So I hated those challenges, and I don't ever. Well, I don't watch the show for the challenges, but it was. It sucked. It just sucked. I felt like. I always had questions. I never knew where to go. The voting, yeah, because what they did is they had all these chess pieces. And with the chess pieces, the whole like concept was as people – did people figure this out? As people get voted out, there's going to be less chess pieces on that. Like it's every time someone mm. gets voted out, they remove them. So obviously like throughout the game, there's less and less. But I didn't know what was going – I'm like, where's the pen? Like, I couldn't even figure out how to vote. <laughs> Everything is hard. And yeah, it just sucked. <laughs> I hated it. Well, well, bless you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the show, but I, I want to know more about you pre-show. And like, so you, you're an addictions counselor and you're in recovery. 
I worked in addictions for a little bit. I worked in the place I went to treatment. Oh, yeah. Um, See, why? Was, oh, what did you end up? Sorry, I'm a horrible interrupter, but I'm working on it. Did you end Were okay. you one of those people who went to school or was in treatment and then was like, I want to be a counselor? I feel like everybody does that, right? Kind of. I, I never went to school, though. I, I was just like I worked nights and evenings and stuff. Mm. I was just I was just a guy. I can't remember what my actual title was, but um, but no, I because of my ADHD, I blame it on my ADHD. I, I can't go to school because I would go to school for two or three years and I can't even keep a job for two years. I bounce around so much. Mm. So it's like, how, how can I go to school for four years for a job that I don't even know if I'll want in a year? You know? I grad. I actually graduated after dropping. I would drop out just because, like, my drinking, everything just got. I started was using cocaine. Everything got really bad, so I dropped out. I still, I ended up graduating in three three and a half years, which is crazy. Mm. Again, crazy. But I had graduated early from um, like high school, and I was doing college courses. And again, that might seem like, wow, you must be smart. Smart. I'm smart, but not like I try. I have to try very, very hard. And that's how mm-hmm. I. So, yeah, I get it, though, too. And nobody knows what they want to do when you're like, you just don't. I went back to school, but I get it. Like it, school was very hard for me. And even in college, I would say I would. I remember this professor is like, you're way too disruptive. You need to go in a different room. Like because I would talk like. <laughs> I read the answers like as I'm I'd be like, OK, uh, mm. figuring them out. And it's like, oh, my gosh. But I get it. Mm. Yeah. Well, bless you. Sorry, I, uh, I jump so, all over the place. I, so I won't do that. But, yeah, I was a counselor. No, go ahead. I do it, too. <laughs> I'm horrible. Um, I'm not horrible. Uh, so I, I was a counselor. I worked in because uh, I got so when I got sober, I got sober at 22. And what I did oh. was. I truly was like, oh my gosh, like, the, like I want to be a counselor. Like, I love this. And, and truly inspired yeah. by my counselor. And just, he was like, I want to do this. I can see myself doing this. So I went back to school and I was barely sober. And in, in where I live, like, you have to be sober for two years before you become a counselor. Yeah. I, but then you, you can do it, but you have to like get special permission or whatever. I was still in school, so it's not – I had, like, that ate up some time. But even, like, to do my internships and stuff, you're supposed to have two years of, of sobriety, which, duh, that makes sense. But I didn't, and I had to, like, get special, you know, permission. And then by the time I started, like, the whole drug counseling thing, it was like – that's all – like, this with this work, it is. It's so much – I have so much passion for just helping people – and for for addiction, for recovery, for people who are different, for people with mental illness, all of that, I have so much passion for it. And I truly love like hearing people's stories and all that stuff, but it's exhausting as hell. And <laughs> it was, uh, and for a long time, I thought like, I'm a counselor myself, I can't get help. So when I started to struggle, and I really truly had this belief that I got so, I'm jumping all over the place, but I got sober, I'm done. I'm cured. And I, that sounds, and I know that that sounds crazy, but that's what I thought. I'm serious. And I thought like, you know what? I've struggled so much. I've been through so much, but you know what? Like I've done so much work because that's truly what I did is 
I threw myself into therapy. I threw, I didn't get into AA right away. That was more like probably like after my, like a year and a half. I went, I went to meetings all the time, right, right away. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of was like, and then, um, it wasn't until like a year and a half, two years that I like got back into it. And it's never been something for me that I do consistently. It's just not, I, Mm -hmm. um, I had a sponsor for a long time. I'll go to meet, like I went to a meeting a week ago, like I'll go when I want to go. Um, I, I'm a huge believer in therapy and just self-help in general. And so I, and just what, what works, but not being too rigid, rigid at any one thing. So anyway, Mm -hmm. I go, I become a counselor and I'm like, this is hard as hell. Like, oh my gosh. And I'm that type who can't say no. And so I would be counseling and I'm like, I can't, especially in a residential treatment setting when they don't go anywhere and they're there 24 seven. I was like, oh my gosh. And I had no boundaries and I would get calls on the weekends and it was just completely taking over my life. And I felt like this is, and then the pay is like shit. So I'm like, <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, but I loved it. I loved it. I truly had passion. But then there was a job um, at the county and blah, blah, blah. And I started working, doing mental health and, and chemical health, working like for the county government. And that's what I was doing. And I, I bounced around from, like, I, I only worked at like probably three treatment centers, outpatient, residential. And then I went to the county and I was there for, like from 2015 until 20, just July that I left. Mm. So like, it's, and that was just more stability because people aren't living there. But I learned, oh, Mm -hmm. that's what I was going to say is I learned like, okay, just because I, I like did all of this work on myself, it doesn't mean that it like ends. And I, I thought, like, like I said, I thought that it's just going to end and I've done the work and I'm done. And no, I've learned that throughout the years. I learned that probably the second year I was counseling is like, this is really like, and people talk about like high burnout, high burnout. So I did, I started, like, I finally (laughs) became okay with like, you know what? I think I need to like get a therapist and talk to somebody. And that's what I did. But it was hard for me because I was like, I, I shouldn't feel this way anymore. I should be like fixed and I'm dead serious. And and then once I started like, okay, accepting that, like, okay, it's okay to talk to somebody. Um, it just, I felt so much better. And I still, even saying that it seems very, it just, I can't believe I thought that because it is so silly. <laughs> I just thought, how am I credible and how am I capable of helping other people if I need help too? That's how I felt. And it's so not the case. And even now, yeah. I have had like, you know, a lot of struggles in my life, especially the last year. And, and I was holding off on what I'm doing now because I'm doing the one-on-one coaching and I'm doing like just more one-on-one stuff. So there'll be people who come to me with addiction with all different types of things. Um, and I always make sure to say like, I'm not a therapist. I am a drug counselor, but like it, a lot of it is like, authenticity stuff, people who struggle just in their own skin um, Mm -hmm. and and wanting to be themselves. But I I thought like, oh my gosh, I have so much going on in my life. And like, I I don't, I can't help people right now until I get it figured out. I don't believe in that anymore. I don't. Mm -hmm. And one of the things like so many people who come to me will say is you aren't perfect. 
and you put it all out there and I feel comfortable talking to you. I mean, it's just like in AA or like with a count when you have a drug counselor who shares their story. There's just something powerful about people saying that, like, you know what? Sometimes I struggle and I make sure to do that and not say that, like, everything's perfect when it's not. So I really struggled, like I said, with like, well, I probably should like before I talk about like abuse or before I talk about um, just my own struggles right now, I should probably like heal from it first. And then I said, screw it. No, because it's it's one of those things. It's like I I didn't expect like the following that I would get after Survivor. I thought I would be a little turd and not a turd. <laughs> I don't think of myself as a turd. But I mm-hmm. thought that absolutely people, I'm going to be that crazy, which go ahead and think that if you want to. But I didn't expect the response that I got. And so I'm like, you know what? Like, I have this like platform for a reason. So anything that is near and dear to my heart and anything that I believe in, I am going to speak up about. And there's not like nobody is ever going to tell me that I'm too broken or I'm not healed enough to talk about something. And that's just how that's yeah. I'm like, screw it. Well, that's why support groups or peer pre- or peer pressure, peer groups work is because people are still going through it and they're supportive of each other. And uh, yeah, so, yeah, but, but yeah, I understand what you mean. Cause yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have people reaching out to me all the time too, about I have a friend that's going through this or I'm going through something and, yep. and I'm like, I have to, I have to put up boundaries too. Cause I'm like, well, to be honest with you, I, I'm also going through stuff yeah, just because yeah, I have a podcast hard. about it. I'm not cured. And I, and I, and I do get a little bit of imposter syndrome. It's like, how, how can I be doing this when I'm not a hundred percent, but we but yeah, I mean, say that that's the thing I do. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I tell people. And when I was doing, I I've shared this a few times when I was doing, um, cause I do a lot of cameos and mm-hmm. it was one of those things where I was like, I have to be all like, happy birthday and every hi. And I'm like, how the heck am I going to do this when I am in the middle of like moving out of my house? I'm in the middle, like my shit is everywhere. How in the heck am I? It just felt so horrible. It did. It felt like, but here they want me to be on and they want me to be hi. It sucked. So I I'm like, I couldn't do these videos any other way than to just be real and let it out. And that's what I would do. There are so many videos that I do where absolutely it's going to be like, here, here's your happy birthday. But like, I also like people, again, they come to me because of their struggles and what, you know, not fitting in Mm -hmm. or just struggle with addiction or whatever. And so I make it very, very like clear that like, no, this is like, even like, um, even someone like, okay, yes, I've uh, been through this or that or the other and things. I was just on Survivor and like, you probably thought like, everything's so great and wonderful. It's not always great and wonderful. And people need to know that. It's just, it's we, especially with social media, you know, we look at, stop it. We look at everyone as like, oh, they have it all together. And I want to be the last person. Like, I don't want anybody to think that like, I don't struggle. I don't want anybody to think that like I don't have bad days and everything's just great. I hate that shit. That's why I don't. Ugh. So no, I <laughs> I made sure even in my cameos, I would be crying. I would let it out. That's real. And I feel like mm. that's what people connected to when I was on Survivor. So it's like, 
I'm just going to keep being me. And I'm not, again, we're not perfect. And we all struggle. Even when we help people, we can share that like, yeah, shit sucks right now. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's, that's one thing I've learned is to, if I'm not 100% honest, then, I mean, it, it's kind of like keeping a secret and secrets make, make us sick, as they say. So it's like, I'm going to be fucking 100% honest and genuine. And if you don't like it, that's your problem. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I just did an interview the other day where um, he's a stand-up comedian named Rodney Norman. You may have seen him on... He's like the guy with the big white beard and the crazy white hair. He's always on I, social media. I don't – I'm Doesn't really, matter. really bad about like knowing who anybody is. I don't even really <laughs> I am watch too, generally. I watch like Survivor and now I'm watching like The Traders. But other than that, like I don't – I can't – um uh-uh. I can't – okay. I, <laughs> I never yeah. know. Yeah. Well, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, it's a show about mental health and – addictions and whatever and i was having a really bad mental health day and so the whole interview is just me and him just talking not about mental health even i was just like i need i feel like shit right now and i just need someone to hang out with yeah absolutely so uh so i don't know if i'm gonna release that one or not because but at the same time why not i guess why not is right like again that's just real like it's just yeah. like anything. Like, again, I don't ever want to make it because, oh, you get because that's what I thought, because that's sure as hell what I saw is like, well, you do A, B and C and then everything's great. No, I never in a million years. And I truly thought that like, oh, you know, I've done all this work on myself. I'm so proud of myself. I am like felt really healthy and blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, okay, more shit, like life doesn't stop and you're going to like more challenges are going to come up. You're going to deal with more shit. And it's like looking at other people like, and you would think too, that's what I would like. I think a lot of people do this like, okay, I'm this many years sober. I should be here. I should be Mm -hmm. there. I shouldn't still feel this way. You're going to still have freaking feelings of you know what I'm saying? You're, you still might mm-hmm. have days that are hard. Like that's just life. So yeah. I don't want anyone to think that like you get sober and everything's wonderful and perfect now. No, that's just one layer. You're just peeling back one layer. There's a whole. Yes. Well, for me once, anyway, there's a whole mess load more of layers. And once you do the work too, it doesn't mean it just stops. It's constant. And I feel like I, who was that? You, I was just, I said this to somebody. I'm like, or somebody said, sent me something. And I'm like, I feel like that's all I do is like self-help stuff. But it's like, it is what it is. Like, otherwise what? I'm going to be live in denial and act like everything's okay when it isn't sometimes. Like, come on. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. did you, did you have some trauma as a kid? Like, you know, I, being in addictions and stuff quite often it's around trauma other times it's just we partied and the party never ended exactly i yeah honestly like it's one of the my dog and it's funny because one of the um one of the producers had said that out there on the show like almost because i feel like sometimes they try to like uh push you in directions of like saying things and that like sounds like the the more you know that that's makes sense but you know you had some trauma or what happened in your life to make you like this carolyn uh nothing like there isn't a one there's not and if i had like a ton of i would share it it's it's Mm. um and i think that that's what's hard too for some people like it's like um 
like my, I know my dad like blamed himself for a long time. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to say anything like on TV about like my dad wasn't there for me, which I'm glad I didn't have that because I feel like that would have kept me stuck for even longer blaming someone else. And again, it's not right. blaming, but it's um, no, like my family was supportive. Like my dad especially was like always that one who was like encouraging me to be different and blah, blah, blah. My mom was a kind, supportive, like there wasn't. No, I more so like, I feel like even just like let a secret life almost like doing shit and it's like stopped on, (laughs) but I didn't, it was not one of those things. Like I had this traumatic event and then I'm like, oh no, I can stop once I started and it got me to a place where I just hated myself. And that's the truth. I didn't like myself and going into treatment, um, I, I had tried, so I had moved like, um, but I would do like really crazy things too. Like, um, like I remember, I don't want to share this yet. I'm not ready. So like, I'll wait on that. Um, no, I know. (laughs) I'm so curious now. (laughs) I I just don't, there's stuff that like, Ooh, I'm not ready for. Um, like just where it's like, then I have to, yeah. But nothing, again, nothing like, oh, my God. Okay, so where was I going with this? Um, abortion. No, no abortion. Oh, see, now I'm guessing. See, <laughs> you got me so curious. <laughs> I'm just not like, it, it, we'll get there. Um, okay, stop, okay. Jerry. My dog is, he needs to be neutered, and it's just bad. Like, he won't <laughs> stop. No. Okay. What, I, he's I humping you? What? Is he humping you or what? He just, he wants to, like, he'll just, like, Hold on to me and then bite, and he wants to. Oh, he's sexually frustrated. He's no, Jerry. Okay, I would move. So my thing was was like, um, okay, I would go and I would like try to start new and like recreate myself, but never ever changing anything except for the location, which we all know. Like everywhere you go, there you are. And so what I would do is, like, I remember. Because I, I ended up going to five different colleges, five, which is really kind of crazy. Like, wait, what? Um, but I would. I would go. I'd be there for a semester. And every, like, I would black out. I would. And then, like I said, once I started using cocaine, it was just, like, done. Um, I I would go in between periods of, like, dropping all of my classes and then doing, like, J-term and doing, like, school in the winter or the summer. Like, it was awful because it was, like, I had that prep. Yes, absolutely. I had pressure from like my my family to like do do good and to finish mm-hmm. school. Like, but that's not anything like abusive. Um, mm-hmm. But I, what I would do is I would move around. So I would screw. I would go start at a school and then I would just be a complete mess. And then I would move without ever looking at like, huh? I think I should probably change something. And I remember I had started at this school and. I got arrested before we even started classes. And so I'm thinking in my head, like, are you kidding me? Cause that was like my fourth school. And I'm like in fourth place that I had moved to hoping to like start mm. fresh. And I'm like, I am getting arrested before school even starts. And so all of that <laughs> shame comes in and all of that, like, what am I doing? Like here I am in the same, like same spot all over again. And school hasn't even started. And I remember there was like, they had put it in, in like, the student newspaper. Like, whore. it was crazy. Like, I had, like, smacked a cop on the ass. I ran away. 
I was like, Jesus. what else did I do? I had said something like, um, and I remember all of it. Like what's like embarrassing is like, it's so like, was I just like crazy or what? I, 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 I remember like telling this, like after like going and, oh my gosh, I remember telling, I remember everything. Like I wasn't even like yeah. blacked out and I wish I could have been like, I don't remember. But I was like, <laughs> I had said like, I'm going to have to prostitute myself to pay these fines and all this shit. And like, mm-hmm. so that goes in our like student newspaper. And for a long time, that was like the number one thing when you would search me. So, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh, so I hadn't even started school yet. And I'm trying to start fresh and start this like, hey, like I'm new here. And that's in the student newspaper the first week of school. And of course, everybody's reading it because the story was so crazy. Like I I ran, I tried to escape the cop. I smacked him in the butt. Um I said I was going to process it like it's this long and I'm like, oh, my God, here I am again. So I would I had like my hood on. I was embarrassed to even go to class. And it was like, what the hell am I doing? And then I couldn't I sure as hell couldn't like tell my family like, hey, I need. So I remember I got a job at the Dairy Queen to like pay for my fines. Nice. And I quit like later that day. I'm like, I can't do this. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like that shame of just like, I hate who I am. Like I hate who I am. But um, Bunny Hugs and Mental Health is supported by Co-op. I've been a member of my local co-op, Sherwood Co-op, for about 20 years. If you live in Western Canada, especially the prairies, or spend any time here, you've probably fueled up or bought groceries at a co-op. You might even have a co-op number, or two, or three. You know if you know. But co-op is not just a gas bar or grocery store. Although co-op is those things too, it's a different kind of business. Co-op members are owners and success is shared with everyone. Your co-op doesn't benefit one person or one corporation. Your co-op was built for everyone. Your co-op was built for your community. Learn more about co-op and find a location near you at co-op.crs. Introducing the timely children's book, Sometimes Daddy Cries. The visually stunning book is told through the eyes of a boy whose father suffers from depression. He sees his dad get sad, rest, and even go to the hospital, all while comparing his father's depression to a physical ailment. Sometimes Daddy Cries is getting rave reviews from parents and mental health professionals alike. One critic has stated, This is a timely and important book that will help countless fathers and sons broach the subject of depression. An Amazon customer commented, An excellent book to open up a conversation with a young child about depression in a parent. Sometimes Daddy Cries is available in hardcover and paperback on Amazon.ca and Amazon.com. It ultimately, and then again, moving again and like starting the same. And my dad would like come and like have these like interventions with me of like, Carolyn, like you can't keep doing this. Like I remember I was dry, like I, I ended up in the hospital um, after overdosing. And it was one of those things like I like I was looking up at him and I don't even like I don't remember where I was. I don't. But even at that time, even at that time, I remember thinking like, and this is like, we learn about this, like the sincere delusion. Like we truly like believe this shit. Like I'm going to mm. lose my mind with my dog. I almost got to <laughs> my brain. Stop, Jerry. Um, it's one of those things. Like 
I believed, I truly believed that I didn't like, it had nothing to do with like any of like the pills I took or the alcohol. I am in the hospital right now because I am taking a urinary tract infection medication and that antibiotic is mm. what did this. And I believe <laughs> like I, I tried to convince myself of that. And it's called denial. It's denial. It's like, <laughs> it was just crazy yeah. though. But I remember thinking like, Oh my God. Like I just didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to think about it. And Mm-hmm. finally like getting to treatment i had gotten arrested again i had a dui blah 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 and i remember thinking like i wasn't wanting to like be sober i wasn't wanting um even going to meetings because like we had to go to meetings and i would hear people and they'd share their stories and they'd be like i have a year sober and anyone telling me like you can't do something it's almost like a baby like if you're gonna tell me i can't like now even if like someone tells you like you are never gonna eat sugar ever again I feel like the natural reaction is like, yes, I am. No, I don't. It's too overwhelming to think never again. And that's where Mm -hmm. I feel like the whole one day at a time thing really comes in. It comes in handy because Mm -hmm. it's overwhelming as hell to think that you're not going to do something for the rest of your life that you're used to doing. So that like I had a counselor tell me just just try it for today and see how you like being sober today. Just do like, and I would do this and I would check it off on my calendar and I would, because I've tried, I tried to like cut down. I tried to like stop. I never mm-hmm, could. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God. It's so dry January. What? Try, it's like, do you have dry January down there? Where it's like, just try for a month and oh, see yes, how you feel. Yes. I mean, I didn't do anything like that, but I just would like, yeah. I, like it, when people would say like they're worried or I have a problem or whatever, it'd be like, I can stop. And then that. And I, we, so many people do that too, where it's like, if I had a problem, like, no, watch, I can stop. And then I am choosing to do this. It's not that bad. And then I'll see, I'll drink again or I'll use it. And, and I thought I could control it mm-hmm. because like, uh, I didn't get blacked out this time or I didn't end up in the hospital. <laughs> it's so stupid, but we convince ourselves of that. So I truly wanted to like, just try it. And I'm like, well, I'll try it. I'll see if I like it. I'll see. And it's, I'm not kidding you. I would put it on my calendar and pretty soon it just became like this lifestyle. And I truly got this like sobriety high where I really just started to learn about myself. And I, I started to um, just enjoy my everyday where it was like, wow. And then just learning about myself and working on myself. It was like, oh my gosh, like, it is better with like, you know what I'm saying? Because I truly felt like mm, I could yeah. never like live without it. And it, it was, and again, I'm like, this is the shortened down version. It's not like it was this easy, but it was one of these things where it's like, I actually genuinely am enjoying my life and I'm giving it a chance. And it was like, I couldn't go back after that. Like when I started to genuinely enjoy it and I learned how to cope and deal with things sober, which felt freaking amazing because it was like, nothing was the same after that. Like relationships weren't the same after like learning how to like communicate, open up, share my feelings. There was all these promises I made to myself that I wasn't going to do any, like, I'm not going to hold it in anymore. I am going to share how I feel. I am going to heal every like part of myself and I'm going to be like the best version of me. And I was on this, like I'm writing poetry and I'm seeing like the, you know, 
the trees are green and noticing everything for the first time. And it was just beautiful. And things weren't the same after that. Relationships weren't the same. Friendships weren't the same. I only wanted to connect with people who um, like just have like real meaningful connections with people. I no longer like I realized that like the connections I had with other people, like what the hell am I doing? I don't even have anything in common with these people. So I craved like just like a higher life. Not higher, but higher. Like, <laughs> yeah. does that make sense? Uh yeah, you're you're preaching to the choir, man. It's it's exactly what it's like getting sober, and it, yeah, so it, it it is hard. It's a lot of work. It's super scary thinking like I'm never gonna smoke pot or drink again. Like bullshit. But yeah, you do it at one day at a time, and then life gets a little easier to live. Yes. Uh, and I say about my friend group, it's like it went from quantity to quality. Um, so it's like, I had, you know, I was like the life of the party. So I had like 300 friends and now it's like, I have four yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just like, it, it, none of that shit matters. And even now, like, I just don't need that. It doesn't bring me any joy. So, mm-hmm. and I always tell people it's going to be really lonely for a little bit. It might be really lonely. But again, it's like, what do you want to be surrounding yourself with? Are you really even like, I just don't know. Yeah, no. yeah. And it is uncomfortable, but that's, they, you know, learning and growing is uncomfortable. I love uncomfortable. I mean, I do and I don't. I do. I truly, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I love, and not making, I don't love making people uncomfortable, but I love like just the whole like growth aspect. I love like putting myself out there. I love um, just working, like truly like working on myself. I do. Like, I don't like to stay stuck. I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going through something right now that uh, I guess I have to work on. I won't get into it, but <laughs> you can, you're not like a lot. Like, that's the thing. Like we all struggle. Like that's the thing. We don't have to, you know, we just, it, just, there, it sounds stuff. so petty though. And I, I'm scared. My audience will listen to it and go, what, what if I, what is it? Okay. Oh God. See now, I don't know if I want to share. Don't. I want to share with you, but I'm worried about, I, I cut it I, out. I, can cut don't it. You edit. I guess I could, I could. Yeah. We'll see how uh, we'll see. Okay. So, I am miserably broke right now and I like I'm selling things out of my house or I'm trying to sell things out of my house because I'm so broke. I'm married with a woman who works extremely hard. She's so supportive. My kids are going to university and they're even like getting jobs. And it's like, I can't keep a day job because I just go fucking crazy. So I've been doing the podcast for a few years. It's grown like since I've been doing it full time in the last few months, it's, it's grown ex exponentially i can't say that word it's I going a lot it's it's so i'm seeing like huge progress so like my soul is being filled because i'm talking about mental i'm doing my passion but it's not making any money but the ball is in my court to go out and find it you know i have this and to do like more speaking engagements and stuff but i have some weird mental block where it's like with me and money and asking for money i've had like three different businesses fail because i don't value myself enough or I don't I, I I like I can't like some people grind right and they they hustle and it's like I I'm good at the creating part I'm bad at asking people for what I'm worth part so I'm I miserably broke essentially yeah. like honestly I feel like that is 
first of all, that's not like petty or it's not uh, like that's, I I feel like I'm begging. Can you, can I have some money, please? Can people support me? I'm going to have a Patreon. Please give me some money. You have to, how else are you going to do it? Like I like, I'm serious. I know. And I, for myself, like going and doing like being on survivor and all that stuff. Like I, again, I thought like I'm going to come back and blah, blah, blah. I didn't, um, even like I charge so much for cameos and I do all that. Like that was uncomfortable for me. I wanted to just write people back. Okay, Jerry, you are going to, one second. <laughs> Get out, Jerry. I wanted to just, I didn't want to be, because people were like, Boston Rob doesn't even charge for his messages. I don't charge. Uh, now he's doing it again. Okay. I'm not, what? it's not that I'm charging, but I can't like, men, like I can't keep up with it all. I won't. So yes, I have to yeah. charge more or I have to, but I had to like learn to be okay with that. But also even Carson has helped me so much with like the, the whole art of like, if you don't value yourself, if you don't, and even Adam Klein has, to, has told me about this. He was saying how like he would do all this stuff for free. And he's like, it was almost like people, if you don't put that out there and say like, this is my price, this is my, or I need help, or I need, nobody knows. But if I don't value myself in my time and my. Yeah, I know. And he was like, people almost treated me differently because I didn't have a price tag on on stuff exactly. and Carson will I know. always tell me he's like um this is like your time this is your you have to it's and it's okay to do that and he's helped me with so much like contracts and stuff and I'm like what you think I can ask for that much and like <laughs> you have. I know I'm the same way and, and again because we have a heart and we're helping people and we but like sorry for me like I left a horrible like I left a horribly abusive relationship I had to put mm-hmm. a lot I, and I'm open about this where I tell people like I left and I put like everything to escape you know what I mean all mm-hmm. of it I didn't think for two seconds like Oh, I kind of want to have a lot of money in the bank now. No, I like paid cash for my house. I, I mean, I put it all down. I, it's been hard. You know what I mean? But it's like, I am working my ass off as we all just have to, to like grow our shit. It's not easy. I was working like, you know, in the jails and whatever. I decided to take a huge risk and quit my job and go and try this stuff. It's not easy though. It's not. So just know, like you got to fucking believe in yourself. And so if you have days where you're like, cause you know how many days that I was like, I, Oh my God, I can't do this right now. This is like, I have way too much going on in my life. I'm a mess. And I would call and just talk to people. And I'm like, and I remember, no, oh, he's horrible. I'm like, I gotta just get like, I gotta just do it. Like you gotta be like my dad is really good about telling me like, Carolyn, this is all the stuff you've accomplished. Carolyn, like, I'm so proud of you and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I, I don't have him in my ear telling me that 24-7. We have mm-hmm. to learn to, like, pump ourselves up, and it's the truth, and I do that. I was crying in my Jeep this summer because my car wouldn't start, and I'm like, this sucks. And then I got off my ass, and I walked to all – I was staying at my sister's. I had just moved out. Um And I'm walking from like garage to garage to garage because I'm like, I got to get up. What am I going to sit and cry in my car or am I going to figure it out? So I look, this this was what my brain told me to do. I'm going to look and go from like house to house and I'm going to look in people's garages and whoever has the biggest toolbox 
that's the person I'm going to ask for help for my car. And that's what I did. And they, and I got my help. My car wouldn't start. I got a new battery. Like, but, or I could have just what sat in my car and been like, I don't know what to do. And then I was like, you know what? I'm freaking yeah. proud of myself because life sucks right now, but you know what? I'm doing it sober. And that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, and I'm going to get off my ass now. We have to, and I get that that's not always easy to do, but I have learned. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) But you have to be your biggest, like, you might not have people who support you sometimes. You might have people who think you're nuts. Uh, You think I don't? But you have to be, (laughs) you have to be your biggest, like, nobody is going to, like, believe in you like you. you. You have to do that, like, for yourself. And I tell people, everyone I meet with, you need to pump yourself up. You have to learn to do that. It's not comfortable at first. I used to say some pretty shitty things to myself, but I don't. And it's not about filling yourself with fluff. It's not about like positive at like, I am strong. I am. No, it's you. Why the hell do we believe all the negative? So again, it's like, stop speaking that horrible shit to yourself and pump yourself up. I tell myself all the time. Holy shit. I do so much self-talk. I have post-its over there. Like when I have to do hard things, I have post-its everywhere that I'm reading. And I'm like, I am strong. I have been through so much. You are brave. You are confident. You are like, you have to. No, you might not have someone pumping you up. So we have to learn, even if it's not comfortable at first, even if it's weird, why the fuck do we have to believe the bad? Yeah. Okay. I will. No, one of the big things is when I, because it's when I see other people on social media and stuff doing that, it's like it's so annoying. It's like Why? I use car sales many, so I have to, so I have to do it in a sincere way, right? It's like that's that's the the line I have to walk. It's like I don't want to be one of these goobers. What do you I mean? Want, ask but, so, and then what? So I got to get him again. What do you mean asking for money too? What do you mean by that? Like. Uh, well, just like for sponsorship or advertising or for speaking gigs, like, Oh yeah. You I, can't I, be I, doing that shit for free. You can't. And again, like I, te- like you te- I've had people give me shit and be like, no, like I say $50. Like, are you stupid? Here's 500. And I'm like, <laughs> you have like, that is what that part of that is what like you, Jerry, again, people, Do you have um, a boner. No, God, he just peed his oh. diaper. He needs to get, he's got to get, um, he's been marked. He's got a diaper because he's been marking. He needs to get neutered. Um, okay. If you don't value your time, nobody else is going to, and they take advantage. It's the truth. Do you think uh, I don't no. have people who have been, who I've told like, here, well, this is my car. This is my price or this is my, and they don't respond sometimes. Woo! You think I give a shit? Like, I have to do that. Otherwise, what? What is the point of what I am doing? Do I want to help people? Absolutely. But I quit my damn job and I am doing this. So I don't have time to be like, what do people think? And they think that people can say no. Okay? Okay. I'm I'm sorry. But you got to believe me. Thank you for doing this for free, by the way. What? Thank you for doing this for free, by the way. Oh, I was like, for so many people, I'm like, I can't do this shit for, like, I can't anymore. Like, I'm sick of it. But yes, yes. Again, I'm going to, there's one, yes, I get it. But speaking shit or any. 
But I then just say no. Like, if I can't do it, like, what is we have to be selfish about this stuff sometimes, especially if this is like you want to make this your career. We have to be. It's not selfish. You've got to build it. Well, it's affecting my mental health now again is the problem because finances and it's like I'm not. Yeah. Anyway. It takes time. I don't want to take up this time. This takes time. And again, Uh, you just, you got to believe in yourself and tell yourself that like, if you don't put like a price on stuff or the worst people can say is no, I've been told, I've been like, I'll tell people, Hey, this is what I, nope. Okay. Or I don't even hear back. Mm -hmm. Well, I get that all the time. Me too. Me too. Even even if it's free, sometimes. <laughs> they're, 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 but again, if I say it's free, then they're like, "Well, this guy's free, so he can't be very good." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Just believe in your damn self. I know easier so than I do. Just quiet. I do. I just do it quietly. Yeah. <laughs> this stuff isn't easy. Don't give up. Okay. Huh. Okay. And don't compare. I won't. I well, that's the thing. It's like. Well, well, then, well, that's the other thing. It's perspective, too. Like, through my own eyes, I'm like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm not worth this or whatever. And then other people are like, man, your life is so cool. And I'm like, it is? Yeah, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just well, cheer. comparison is the thief of joy, as they say. That's what Danny says. You know, he said that out there on Survivor. And I was like, I got super pissed at him. Is that really a quote? That's who says that? Um. That triggered me, man, because he said that to me. Why? Because it was, it was, he got, it was a tribal where he, I took it personally and I got mad at him and he was saying like that quote and I'm like, I'm not comparing myself and I got all mad. Anyway, long story. Oh, I see. But yeah, I didn't know it was a real quote. (sighs) Okay. Yeah. No, (laughs) So that's funny. I thought he was making it up, but it was a tribal where I got, I was really emotional and I was like, they were trying to compare like emotions versus strategy. And he's like, comparisons, the cheat, the, the thief of all joy. And I'm like, I'm not comparing. Yeah. Was that on, did it show that on TV? Yep. It was a tribal and I was fighting with him. It's, and then he says that exact quote. I thought he made it up. Oh no. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But it is like, I don't compare myself against other, first of all, who like, I don't do that. And I really do mean that when I say, I don't look and see like, well, what am I, what is this? Like, I I don't even know who I would, who do you compare yourself to? Uh, People with money, I guess. (laughs) Or like other podcasters that like, maybe their podcast isn't even doing as good as mine, but they're making a living doing it. But then that that's when I bring time, it, man. Like I, like girl, I'm not even but, where I want to be. Like it's true. No, yeah, I know. But but like my podcast is doing better than theirs. But yet they're making a living on it. But that's when I then take accountability and be like, okay, the ball's in my court to actually. No one's gonna come running to me and like, here, here's a bunch of money. Can we be on your advertising? You it's like to, it's like, up to uh, me. Yes. And yeah. we like like you said too. We look at what people are doing. You don't actually know what's going on behind this. You don't like yeah, they, they act like or they might say they're making a ton of money. Do we know that? Do you know that for a fact? Yeah. Yeah. True. You don't. True. I don't. You don't. Okay. Um. So, so what age were you when you were diagnosed with ADHD? Is, oh, that's God. one thing I was curious. Young, like, uh, oh. God, I don't know. Like, 
fourth or fifth grade. And it was one of those things like, I'm not a big diagnosis person. If you haven't, I don't know if you've like, is that anti what you believe in all your like stuff on here? Is that okay? Uh, Well, people. So mine's different because I was diagnosed at 45 years old. So I'm glad I was diagnosed because I didn't understand myself. And now that I'm diagnosed, it's like very validating and yeah, I can look a, back a at life and stuff. say that. And I, I under, like there was so, you know how many people would tell me like, or I would get these comments like, after I had my autism diagnosis, I really learned to understand my, I don't fucking have autism. Okay. And I don't need somebody like to tell, I don't need like, this is how I feel is I don't, for me personally, like, do you know what I mean? I, yeah, yeah. I don't need somebody, um, like that's not going to like help me under for myself, for myself. Like that's not going to help me under. It's like, yeah, I know I have ADHD. Um, and yes, there, the, knowing that has helped it to some capacity and, and whatever, but what, what's helped me is just accepting myself, getting help when I need it and loving myself and not being too hard on myself. Like, I, mm-hmm. um, I just feel like so often, like we're put in anybody who is just different is put into a box and like, I don't want to live like that. Absolutely. If I had like, like these struggles where it was like, um, yeah, if I had stuff like going on where I'm like, oh my God, and I don't understand what's going but like, I have therapy for that. But I also, it's like, I just believe that so many times we're labeled and judged and because of our differences. And it's like, that's what my whole childhood was like, why do you do this? And why do you do that? And I still get that in my adulthood. Like you're too loud. Mm -hmm. You're too, why do you have to be like this or why it's none of your damn business. It like, can we just celebrate the differences in other people and not try to diagnose every damn person who's different? Like, no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand both. Um, sides of that. I, and I like, I don't know, for me, it was just really great being diagnosed, but maybe I'd be in your shoes. If I was like diagnosed when I was a kid, yeah. I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, as a kid, there's no the one stuff, size fits all. The stuff that happened to me, I feel like when I was a kid, like with it was just like, wouldn't happen nowadays. But like, yes, I was just made <laughs> yeah. to believe I was like this, like, you know, and don't talk and don't, and it's just like, Oh my God. Like that wouldn't happen nowadays. It just wouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I just feel like we need to just, the more that we like talk about this stuff too. um, I just feel like again, everybody's different and that's like, that's okay. It's okay to be different. Mm -hmm. Get help Mm -hmm. when you like, if you're struggling, get help and like, just be kind. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. I know it's weird. It's not like, like I'm on medication now for my ADHD and like I've seen counselors off and on for probably fucking 15 years or something, but just having that ADHD twist on the um, therapist side now, it, it makes a difference, but yeah, I'm not any different, but yet I, I don't know why. I don't know why just being diagnosed was such a big thing. Maybe maybe it is the meds. I don't know. It's just like, but understanding. I, like, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Under and I guess. that makes sense. Like understanding yourself. I just like again. This was I was way younger, and like what really was damaging was again just having people point all point at, especially when you're young, having people point all that shit out, and it's not like I like oh, and here's my answer. It's not like it was 
Like right. it wasn't like freeing or anything at that point because it, it, all it's this is wrong with you. This is wrong with you. And ugh. yeah, I think for me it was because there was a lot of shame and guilt around being different. Yeah. So then it was like, yeah, you are different. Here's the proof. Yeah. It's like, ah, see, okay, well. I don't feel guilty about being different now. <laughs> you never <laughs> did. <laughs> you never did. I kind of like that. No, that's I why. Kind of. That's why I say so much. Like, you know, society tries to convince us that, like, you don't. We don't need to like live by. Ugh. Yeah. That's what society's nice. sick, man. What? It's society that's sick, man. It is like we're there's nothing wrong with you. That's why I say that there is nothing wrong. Like we we all struggle. We all yeah. some people just do a better job of wearing their mask or hiding it, and it's the truth. Yeah, it's true. Okay. Um, oh shoot! Okay, I have a few things written down here that I wanted to get to before I forgot. Uh, so I, I have a segment on the, the podcast. It's called that some bunny special. Uh, it's a segment where we chat about who cooperated in your mental health journey and helped fill your emotional tank brought to you by co-op. So thank you. Co-op. See, I do have, I know I do have a sponsor, but what are you talking about? Girl. I, I, okay. Oh my. I don't, I'm just weird. Okay. You are, but like, watch what you say to yourself. It's true. I'm cool weird. Yeah, you are cool weird. So be nice to yourself. <laughs> but anyway, the segment. Who would you like to give a shout out to that, uh, you know, has been a huge support for you through your worst moments? Yeah, I mean, who? Could... No one? What, no, I'm just thinking like when, now or before or. <laughs> what, whoever. I, up to you. I, I, this is the first part. Like, I had. Just because we were just talking about like teachers and talking about um, like feeling school. different in school, the thir- for like for recently, I would absolutely say my da- my for like recent struggles, my dad Carson has been mm. absolutely amazing friend, love him. Um, I, I I could name okay, but what came to my head <laughs> for like the whole like growing up ADHD kid stuff. And just getting to high school and like feeling like, where do I fit in and where, like, what's my worth and blah, blah, blah. Because by the time I got to high school, it was like, um, again, all of, I was separated in fifth grade, middle school. It was like, don't talk. You talk too much. You're too hyper. And then by the time I, I was in high school, it was like, I had no idea what direction I was. I didn't know who I was. Nobody knows who they are then. But I had, I always had bad experience was experiences with teachers until I met this one who was amazing and her name's Miss Leiden and she just helped me see like my potential and that I didn't need to be like she just actually treated me like a human for the first time and I never had had that experience with a teacher and it meant so Hmm. much to me and I love this woman like she's just great she was one of those people like I remember like uh but she didn't like let me like get away with stuff either i remember eating like we were making some like indian dish and i ate the whole thing we were supposed to like share it with the class and i ate the whole thing and she's like carolyn you're gonna need to go to the grocery store and buy all new ingredients because you can't just eat the whole thing and i'm like oh so she put like she holds me accountable too but she was the only teacher that i had ever had throughout all of my history of school because like i said i had bad experiences with teachers and i and i don't want to hear anyone's well, you can't talk all the time, and if you're high, that's what 
it's not that we learn differently. Not everybody learns the same. And she treated me like a human for the first time. She was the first teacher to do that. No other one did. So that was like, hey, maybe I do have potential and I can go to college. I didn't even think, I remember she was the one who said like, aren't you going to apply for school? And I'm like, I'm going to be a truck driver. Like, girl. So I'm just saying (laughs) that makes such a difference when you have that type of support and you have somebody, especially when you've been told that you're this, that, or the other, look at you like you're actually a person and just talk to you like you're a human. Acceptance and validation is priceless. That was Miss Leiden. And she was at my watch party, like when I had for my premiere, like of, of oh. like I love her. She's was just, she on TV too? No. Did you point her out? No. Oh. But I okay. love her. She's just uh, one of those yeah. people, like she'll never, and I've said this to her a few times in my life, and she probably doesn't even know like the impact that she had. Well, no, she does because I remind her, but it's one of those <laughs> things like she probably didn't even think of it at the time. She probably just thought I'm just being me and I'm being my supportive, normal, like teacher self. That's what I do. Exactly. She's a different human, like, but she's different because not every teacher is like that and treats people like that. And for the first time I had that. So bless you, Miss Lydon. Yeah. Mrs. Lydon. <laughs> Ms. Lighten. I think everyone kind of uh, goes by Miz now, don't they? So I have no idea. I, I, so this has nothing to do with the podcast. Um, but I, I wrote a book one time. It's a kid's book called oh, Sometimes wow. Daddy so Cries. How did you do that? Was that hard? It was. It was very hard. I, it's self-published. So again, it's like <laughs> I. Uh, I had a hard time promoting it, but it was also during COVID, which was hard anyway. But. Um, but yeah, that's that's something I'm very proud of is uh, that be. book. And it's uh, yeah, it's about a kid watching his dad go through depression and stuff. So I don't know if you know, but I'm a suicide attempt survivor too and stuff. And no, you so. shared, you shared. So it's like like okay, you gotta share your story. Like keep sharing it. Like people connect with that. I feel like the reason I will, but they have to pay now. What do you mean? Because I need money, so they have to pay for my story now. Well, not on – you think I just like, hey, and people came to me. You have to – and even like since Survivor, yeah, people might have come to me because like I got like the little platform. But I've continued to grow it because of like sharing and you know what I mean? Just keep yeah, sharing. Yeah. You don't have to – no one's paying for that right now. Like you have to – there's just like I'm here doing this for free. Like you know what I mean? Just Much appreciated. Keep, keep sharing. That I will. I will. People. I am. That's why uh, it's been going so well the last few months. Be pro- like, if well, do- it's weird. It's like, sorry, go ahead. No, you're doing stuff. Like, do you, again, give yourself more credit because people are like, you are helping people. Give yourself more credit. You are doing a good job. Well, that's the thing is like, I keep hearing that. And it's like, okay, I'm helping people, but I'm not helping my wife financially, which is something we need. It right takes now. time. <laughs> Does your wife support yeah. you and believe in you? She, every night in bed, I'll wake up with my face wet because she's spitting on me and calling me a loser. Yeah, I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of course she is. Yes. Yeah, so it's you who are, you're hard on yourself. And I get that. That's a part of this and that. And just keep You going. said hard on. <laughs> what? What? You, you said hard on. No, I did not, girl. I you said, said hard on yourself. Hard. On, oh my god, I didn't even notice. 
<laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. So <laughs> you're, and that's everybody's biggest thing is like, we're hard on ourselves. You don't, of course you are. Said it again. Oh my. Sorry. Thank you so much for that, Carolyn. Uh, I, I'm just so happy and so grateful that you you took the time to speak with me and the audience here. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've been I've been kind of hounding her for a good year off and on. So it's very much appreciated that uh, you you took your time, Carolyn, to speak with me. So thank you so much. I also want to thank Hornwall Alternative School in Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, I just spoke with uh, the principal yesterday, and we I'm so excited. I'm going to be doing a bit of talking there, and he's going to come on to the podcast at some point. And uh, it's just this amazing school that they, they take uh, people from grade 7 to grade 10, people that are having troubles with mental health issues and, you know, stuff like that, and just have them in this incredibly supportive environment. Uh, it's a high school still but uh it's just for folks that have a hard time in quote-unquote regular high school uh, i'm so excited to to go to that school and to just meet everybody and talk just hang out with some really cool people and also thank you to co-op uh, again not just for sponsoring but also I'll, I'll be doing a talk with them this coming april uh, i'm excited to do that that's a fairly big event for them I believe. Well, it's a big event for me, I guess. I don't know if it's big for them, but uh, I'm excited for that. My point is, if you're ever looking for a speaker to talk about addictions or mental health or ADHD or a guy with a beard who wants to talk, I would love to talk. I can do it virtually or on or in person. Just feel free to give me an email at bunnyhugspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we can work some out and, and do some, some cool events. Also quickly, thank you so much to T and Ellie for having me on Trauma Bonded Podcast this last week. They are just a real cool pair of ladies. What their podcast is, is about is they listen to the podcast, This Is Actually Happening, and then they talk about the latest episode of that. You know, I have a pretty close tie with This Is Actually Happening, and and we've had similar guests and whatnot. So anyway, um, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of fun being on there. So thank you so much for that. Okay, anyway, I, I think I'm done with all the thank yous and stuff. I'm sure I missed something, as I normally do. Uh, but, uh, you know, until next time, please remember to make your beds and take your meds. Bye. Bye.